is a reading. This is a reading from the Gospel of Mark, the first chapter, 29th verse, and follows. As soon as they left the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told him about her at once. He came and he took her by the hand and he lifted her up, and then the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons, and the whole city gathered around the door, and he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, uh, in our life, we have all kinds of idols. Um, everybody, everybody worships something. Now, maybe you've decided that you're going to worship the God above God, above all gods, Jesus Christ, or maybe you're going to worship something else, but we all worship something, and these idols, they enter into our life. Now, it's not as obvious as it was maybe in the biblical times where the idol that somebody worshipped would have been carved out of stone or, or wood or, or metal or something like that, and you could say, oh, look, there's Baal or, I don't know, some other idol. Our idols today tend to be hidden, not so obvious, and we tend to, you know, obscure what those idols look like um, because, well, frankly, because we like them or we don't want to have anything to do with them. And, and so we kind of pretend they don't exist, even though they are still running our life. The idols that we engage, you know, there are demons in this world. Jesus talked about it, so we have to acknowledge that there are demons. And, and these things, these whatever you want to call them, malevolent forces of evil or, or whatever you might label them as, nonetheless have really basically one goal in life, and that is to convince you of something that isn't true, that is to lie to you. And the, the greatest thing that a demon can do is convince you of a lie, because if you're living a lie, then you're living in a world that isn't God's. So God made the world, and He made reality, and everything in it is true. And if you're not living in God's world, if you're living in some other world, that's a lie. That's a false world. That world doesn't actually exist. And one of the greatest ways that those lies perpetrate and, and, and percolate into our spiritual life is when we believe something about God that isn't true about God. I hear this often when people say to me, you know, why did my so-and-so die? Why did my grandmother die or my child or my spouse, someone I loved and cared about? Why would God let them die? Or, or how come God hasn't made me rich, God? Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? No, 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 no. Uh, I don't have one of those. God, how come I don't have one of those? Or if I get sick or someone I love gets sick, how come I can't just pray and have God remove that illness. See, there is suffering in this world. There is illness. We're not all going to be rich and death will come for us all. God never said otherwise. He never said that He would protect us from drunk drivers or that we would all all of a sudden live in the lap of luxury and never get sick and never have problems. 
In fact, he did exactly the opposite. He showed us that life would be full of problems when he was humiliated, beaten, and mounted a cross for us. He was showing us that the life that we live is going to be full of problems, and he engaged with them himself so that we would know that we are going to engage with them. But the lie that comes around is when we believe from evil sources that God is supposed to protect us from these things or wouldn't let these things happen to us. And so then we say, well, God, why did you let my so-and-so die? And when the answer isn't convincing, we believe that, well, God isn't doing what I want him to do. He's not serving me. And, and then that pulls us away from God. Demons won. God, nothing. You know, the other way to go with that is to decide that if you can't describe it, if you can't explain it, then it has nothing to do with reality. That, that all reality is only the reality that you and I construct. This happens a lot, I think, in, um, in science, right? That, that, that if we can describe how a thing is done, then that must mean that God has nothing to do with it. Uh, imagine, if you will, a pumpkin pie. Or, I'm sorry, an apple pie. You've got a beautiful apple pie. It's got a crust on the bottom. Uh, the apples were, were, were shaved of their skins and chopped up and cinnamon and sugar was added. And then you got a nice lattice over the top and that crust was interwoven. It was put into the oven. It was baked. It's brought out. And there it is. It's wonderful. We can describe every last step of that pie being made. Does that mean that the person that made that pie doesn't exist? I don't think that's the case either. You know, one of my favorite examples of uh, how it is that we've confused um, science and God, those two things aren't at odds, you realize. That's what I want you to see. That there is a place in science for God, and really all that science does is describe God. And one of my favorite examples is Holy Ghost Toast. Imagine, if you will, Pastor Ryan, 500 years in the past. Uh, I'm not a pastor. Let's call me Monk Ryan. Okay, so Friar Ryan, uh, he's got this Holy Ghost toast. If you get sick with the plague, you can go see Pastor Ryan. He's got this special green toast. It's bread, and it's been toasted, and I don't know, he's done something to it, probably prayed on it. And when you eat this moldy bread, this Holy Ghost toast, all of a sudden you feel better. The plague, which probably would have killed you and has killed many other people, it didn't kill you. It's a miracle! Okay, now let's go back to our times when we can describe exactly the penicillin that's growing on that toast. Does that mean that somehow God wasn't involved? No, it means that back in the time when we couldn't describe it, it just seemed like a miracle, and so we called it as such. Now that we can describe it, it doesn't seem so miraculous, but we should still describe it as such. It's a miracle of modern medicine. A gift from God nonetheless. You see, now we don't have to live in a world of our creation. We can still live in a world of God's creation. Now we're no longer living in a world that if we can't describe and explain everything, then, then certainly it must not exist. We get to live in the one where God wanted us. Not so far as to be convoluted by demons and not so far as to be deluded by our own grandeur. Right in the middle where God would have us be. This place right in the middle... It's where we find ourselves, or at least where we should find ourselves. And the way that we find ourselves there is by engaging with each other. That's called being the church. It's coming together. The demons that beseech us today that we need to be cured of are the ones that we allow into our life. It's the ones where we say, well, God doesn't have anything to say to me, or, or maybe God doesn't have any use of me, or, or maybe there isn't a place for me in the church, or the church is this thing or another, and we allow these things to enter into our world. When really, if we would just listen to God, 
if we would listen to him and pay attention to the things that he has to say and engage with him, we might be able to be cured of many of the things that would harm us. Now, I'm not saying that if you come to church, all of a sudden you're going to get healed, right? If you come up to communion, you're going to have me put my hands on you, and all of a sudden all of the things that ail you are going to be over and gone and done with. That's not what I'm trying to say. What I am trying to say, though, is how often have you engaged with somebody and they said, well, you know, I was on Facebook, but it was so uh, toxic, I had to leave that. Or, man, I feel so empty. I wish I had something in my life, but I keep searching for something. How often have you found somebody who has is, who is striven to buy or possess the, the, the next greatest thing, and then once they had it, they just went on to find the next greatest thing, whatever that happens to be, whether that was you know, toys, adult toys, cars, and, and all kinds of electronics, or, or, or maybe that's, that's something more potent in life, a job, power, sex. There's lots of things that we try to seek in our life to have fulfillment in our life, and God says to us, look, I am trying to give you what you need. Listen to me and I will fill you with all of the things. And this is something that we can take away. Jesus entered into a relationship with the people that he encountered, that we read in Mark. He, he healed a woman who had a relationship with him. He healed others who came to him. He healed as many as he could. But here's the thing, y'all. Here's the thing. He told the demons not to speak. Why? You ever ask yourself why? And here's the why. Because God didn't come to be our servant. Yes, He came to save us. Yes, He came to fulfill us. Yes, He came so that we might be the church to be fulfilled, to be saved, to have all of the things that He wants us to have. But the thing that He came to do primarily, initially, now, and forever to be our God is to say to the world that He's the one that orders our life. And if we decide that He's supposed to heal us, if we decide that, that, that He can't heal us because medicine heals us, or if we decide that, 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 that if He doesn't heal us, we're, we're not going to have anything to do with Him. And, and by healing, I'm not just talking about health, mind you. If we say that if God isn't my candy machine in the sky to give me what I want, then I don't want Him, and we don't know who He is. Instead, we might have a relationship, and from that, all goodness comes. From that relationship, you and I get to be brothers and sisters in Christ. We get to be fathered by the God above all gods. We get to be saved from ourself and our limited understanding. And yes, even sometimes we get to be Healed physically, miraculously. It's not the goal. The goal is to save us from ourselves. To heal us. To put ourselves into the right relationship. Thanks be to God.